0: Welcome to the Renewal Session. I'm your host, Marianne Griffith, Christian therapist, speaker, teacher, author, and I'm here today with my co-host and daughter, Katie Griffith. Hey, Katie. Hey, everybody.
1: I'm Katie. I'm Marianne's daughter. Um, I am a social worker in a hospital. I am a dog mom and a part-time podcaster. You seemed so
0: tentative about telling people what you were.
1: Yeah, I didn't know if it was, like, too much or if I should just, like, stop at saying hi and then introduce, like, the roles that I am. I don't know. I had a little moment of self-doubt, but I just went with it. I think it turned out okay, but now okay. here we are processing it. So so
0: when we started recording, my question to you before we were rec- we were starting to record was, hey, do you have any interesting stories that you want to tell? And I was met with a resounding... no. I have nothing interesting. And I was like, how is that possible? We love the good stories and you have not collected a story. But then instead, what you told me was, I guess uh, I could talk about. Oh,
1: I did forget to place my Walmart pickup order today. Um, I do all my grocery shopping on Walmart, the app, and I completely forgot to place the order. So I have no groceries.
0: None at all. I guess that's why you're here. That's not at my true. House. I
1: have about a halfway full pantry, but I just felt like I needed the special groceries.
0: How about earlier? <laughs> okay. Before we get to our topic. But do you know what I mean, day?
1: though, when you need like the special groceries? Like no, I needed when my, is that? Like, my extra crispy Cheez Its.
0: Oh, you mean the bad The bad, the bad foods. stuff. Yeah.
1: Like I needed I need more coffee creamer and oh. specifically the pumpkin spice because it's special.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. oh okay. Yeah, no, but you know what's funny is that earlier today, I I said, hey, I'm sorry I wasn't able to record last night. I had a raging headache. Right. And you said, it's okay, I was exhausted too. Yeah. But it was your day off. Right. So I was like, oh, Katie, why are you so exhausted? And what did you say? I cooked yesterday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was so tired from cooking. (laughs) <laughs> Which is why I have no groceries. They all have been cooked.
0: So it's not like you don't have food. No, I have food. I just don't you have don't snacks. don't have reserves.
1: No, I don't have snacks. Oh, okay. So okay. I needed to get so my snacks. So your
0: pickup order was strictly going to be for your specialty items. Well, I
1: do think I added green onion on there. <laughs> I do think there was some green onion. But most of it was snacks. I think I had, um, oh, have you ever heard of the churro chips? No. They're wonderful. Oh, that was the sound- perfect sound effect for that.
0: I know. Sound Thank guy's you, sound here guy. with us. Yeah.
1: Yes. No. It's, I, so that was every, every Walmart. Okay. Every Walmart pickup order. Uh-huh. I try and order one fun thing to try. And so this order was going to be my churro chips. I don't know what that is. You know what a churro is? Yes.
0: But yeah. I don't know about what it is in it. A-
1: it's a chip. chip form. Have you ever had like the twisty things from like Taco Bell? The cinnamon twists?
0: Yes. They're like that
1: lay in like, a whole
0: bag of them. A whole bag. Oh. So that I was, sound good.
1: yeah, I was going to indulge myself with that was like my treat, but now I don't get my treat because I forgot to freaking frick
0: place my order. Wow. Well, so sad. It's just, it's just uh, God's way of helping you. I guess I didn't need them. So you want to hear my story? This happened a couple of weeks ago, but I have not told you yet. Oh, I don't think. Oh, gosh. Okay. So here's my story. So just for everyone who knows, um, I moved my private practice office into a small town outside of Chicago. Yes. And that has been a wonderful experience. I love, love, love it there. It's a very rural town. Yes. Yeah. I have nothing but positive things to say about the people and the community. It's great. Yeah. So, but sometimes I, because of that, I will have to do phone clients because I'm coming from my primary location to my secondary location, right? right. So this particular day, I was on the phone with a client and I had them on my headphones because I didn't want, I was sitting in my car and and yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to mess with the Bluetooth, right? right? Right. So I, it's coming close to the hour. I need to get in to, to the office for my next client who's in person. Yeah. So I I get wrap up the client, what have you. I go into the building. I start I start inside the building at noon. Mm-hmm. I come out of the building at 6 pm. Yeah, to my car running. What? That's right. Your car was on for six hours. <gasps> unlocked. Oh with the keys sitting in the like little <gasps> cubbyhole. The
1: little fob was in there too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's
0: how safe this town is, people. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Not only was my car unlocked with the key in it, but it was freaking running. Did it have any gas? (laughs) That was the thing. It didn't. It had like 12 miles left on the tank. Oh, my gosh. I know. What in the
1: world? And there's only like one gas station in that town. Oh, I'm just kidding. I think there's like five. But still. I know. That would be stressful.
0: I could not believe it. I thought, is it possible that I was that distracted yeah or in the moment that i didn't even realize so now i have like anxiety mm. that now i have to like stand there yeah to make sure you know because you know how, well like, your
1: car is tough too because it's like if you double click the lock button the car turns on
0: right but that is not what happened in this situation
1: <laughs> no your button your key fob is kind of wonky so yeah. that would stress me out yeah so. I have to do that sometimes, where I have to like stand there and watch the inside light go off in the car, so that it doesn't kill my battery. Because well, I've done that before, where I like accidentally switched on the overhead light, oh. and then it like drains my battery. Oh well, yeah.
0: it's my car at least makes sounds. Yeah, when we get in your father's car because it's a hybrid, it, yeah, it's like you don't even know if it's on. Yeah, you don't even know. The only way I know that car. I think is you, this is a running off. theme for you, though. When I, You know how I know that car is off? Yeah. Because it has a little, thanks for driving a hybrid screen that oh. pops up. Otherwise, I, I would not know if that car was off.
1: Well, I do feel like there was another occasion where you were driving a hybrid, and we were in Memphis, and we had parked the hybrid at Fresh Market, <laughs> and we went into Fresh Market, the that grocery store, happen. and we were in the Fresh Market for like 20 to 25 minutes, and I we came, came out, and the and car it was, was on. on. And it was like in Memphis, not where we lived.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It could have gone way bad. I know. But I forgot about that. Yeah. Wait. So now we're seeing a pattern. If it happens a third time, the problem is me.
1: No more hybrids. (laughs) We'll get you a Hummer so
0: you can really hear it. That's funny. So, okay. So we are back and we are going to talk about a subject that seems to be on everybody's lips. Yep. But we're going to turn it a little bit on its head. And the you know, it's kind of like things in mental health go through waves where, you know, everybody's using certain mental health terms mm-hmm. to describe something. And this term um, came out probably, I don't know, a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Um, and that's gaslighting. And a lot of times what you hear on podcasts or you experience in conferences oh. and different kind. oh, we have a visitor. Sorry, the puppy
1: is here and distracted and she
0: apparently, she's getting escorted
1: away by the sound guy
0: <laughs> oh my goodness we'll see how this goes so okay oh bye memmy bye memmy so gaslighting came up you know on the scene a couple of years ago yeah i would say as po- a popular discussion it's point. a buzzword for sure yeah. and i think we typically are examining how other people gaslight us yeah
1: Right. Well, it's kind of like, I feel like the definition has gotten kind of watered down. Like it's so, it's such a buzzword that people just like throw it out. Right. Not really taking not the really to do it. Not really understanding so the I'm definition. Gonna,
0: I'm going to have you define it, but what we're going to do today is actually not talk about how other people gaslight us, but we're actually going to talk about the ways in which we gaslight ourselves. Correct. So that'll be kind of fun because, yeah. you know. I think we can find ourselves very often in that position. And so we're going to unpack some ways in which we can, we can kind of inflict that on ourselves. But why don't we start with a simple thing, which is what is the definition of gaslighting?
1: All right. So to reference um, our favorite people, uh, Miriam webster um, <laughs> <laughs> gaslighting is the psychological manipulation of a person Usually over an extended period of time that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotions or mental stability, and a dependency on the perpetrator.
0: Interesting. So
1: there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. And this is such a buzzword that I feel like it just gets muddied. Right. And that people like will so, say gaslighting, but it's manipulation or say gaslighting, but it's actually something else.
0: So do me a favor go back to Merriam Webster. Okay. And bullet point the things that it can cause for us again. So we can slow it down a little bit for those that like to take notes.
1: Okay. So it causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts. Okay, So question their own reality and their perception of reality, yes, or their memories or their memories. So anything you can think has the potential has the potential to be manipulated. Or like they manipulate it so that way you question all of those things, all of the things you think. Yes. Causing confusion, loss of confidence, and loss of self-esteem or self-doubt.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So the question becomes, okay, so now we have the definition. Right. Right. I'm sure that Merriam-Webster or someone else also has another definition that describes self-gaslighting. But let's just start with, while we're going to reference the definition for self-gaslighting in a second, understanding really that this is a form of emotional abuse. Right. Right. People tend to, when things become buzzwords, kind of flippant about it. Yeah. Right. You know, we throw around another famous term is narcissist. Oh my gosh, you're such a narcissist. And it almost can minimize the trauma Mm -hmm. That goes along with it. Um, So I really don't want to minimize this word as we're talking about it. Because that's part of the gaslighting process is to actually minimize it. But it is a form of emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. Okay, so do you have a working definition of self-gaslighting? Well, so I think that the
1: thing that stuck out to me with the original, like, Merriam-Webster definition is that it happens over an extended period of time. Um, You know, it's not like a one hit wonder, like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I'm confused, right? I think sometimes we create a sense of like chaos within ourselves as like a result of self-gaslighting. I think that like anytime I've noticed self-gaslighting happening in my own life, the resounding thought that I have is I just feel like my life is chaos, Like I just don't even know where to begin, but it's because I've allowed my anxiety or whatever it is to gaslight the thoughts that I'm having and create all of this self-doubt and chaos. Yes.
0: And I also think that children who are gaslit growing up. Yeah. Have a tendency to gaslight themselves later in life. Yeah. Because they've been kind of nurtured into it. right? Right. And I think some examples of, Childhood gaslighting could be that you're made to feel like you aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's no space for the learning process. Yeah. You you just aren't good enough. Right. Um, or that you're a burden. Mm-hmm. You're too sensitive. And perhaps even that you were in some way parentified as a child through the expectations of your parents. Right. So... Let me go back to something that I think is an important, noteworthy thing, and that is that we all have inner, inner critics. Yeah. Right. I think we've done an episode on that before. Yeah. And one of the things that happens is when that inner critics voice gets large, so putting yourself down is actually a doorway to the self gaslighting. Yeah. Right. And that self-gaslighting actually is born out of our trauma. So Mm -hmm. what is our internal self-talk, if you will, can grow out of these very unhealthy relationships in our lives. Yeah. And what will happen is you will start to see that what fits the definition of somebody gaslights me, Mm -hmm. we've taken on the responsibility of doing that to ourselves. And sometimes people will even self-gaslight in order to get ahead of another person's critique of Right. They self-sabotage. Exactly. Yeah. Or they self-gaslight. Right. Right. So let's talk about for a second what are the ways in which we can self-gaslight. Yeah. They really do mimic some of the elements of gaslighting. It's just we're doing it to ourselves. Right. I think another piece of information that can follow in suit with these things we're going to mention is that people that struggle with imposter syndrome mm. are, are notorious for self-gaslighting. Right. Because they're trying to hide or they believe that they're deficient. Right. In some way. Right. Right. Okay. So let's look at maybe the top 10 ways in which a person will self gaslight. Okay. Okay. And you can tell me if you do any of these to yourself. Okay. And then we'll blame it on me later. Okay. Because you know that that's full how that circle moment. Right. Yeah. Right. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. Parenting. Okay. So these are common things that people feel. Yep. Right. So the first is that you invalidate your feelings, that you minimize and you convince yourself that you're overreacting. Yeah. That it's me, it's not the other person in right. the situation. Right. Raise your hand if you do this.
1: I'm raising my hand.
0: You are raising your hand. Yeah. Do you really do this? I do that a lot. Yeah. Where you believe your feelings. Yeah. Are- I don't know that I
1: would have categorized it as self gaslighting. I think I would have. I think there's a part of me that like always wants to be agreeable. And so I just tell myself my feelings are probably. Like I, I'm maybe I'm just having too big of an emotional reaction. It's not this big of a deal.
0: Right. And people pleasers are actually prone to this.
1: Yeah. Right? Which I, which I have a tendency to be, I feel like a little bit, I'm yeah.
0: not a super people pleaser, but
1: like with certain people I am. And so I think that there's, you know, yeah, I have a tendency to gaslight, I guess. in that. And sense. I'm sure
0: you already know this, but and it probably goes without saying, but that people pleasing is actually a form of self soothing. Mm. Have you ever heard that? No. Oh, that's interesting. What yeah. do you mean by that? Meaning, I start to have anxiety about the attachment or the connection that's going on at any given moment. Yeah. And so, if I think there's a chance for that attachment to get broken, mm-hmm. then I will people please oh. as a way to soothe my anxiety about the potential of abandonment. Oh, hmm. I know, right? Wow. What to unpack. Yeah. yeah, get to it, girl. Yeah, get to it. And, and in actuality, people pleasing along with codependency and enmeshment. Yeah. Right. Those are those are all ways in which we are trying to manage our anxiety and we will gas gaslight ourselves mm. as a way to control all of that. Fear of being abandoned, fear of being misunderstood, yeah, labeled, what have you. Okay, so the first one is, again, invalidating or minimizing your feelings, that you're the one that's overreacting. The second is that we immediately dismiss our feelings. We just push them aside. Yeah. And this is not one that I do, but I see this a lot um, with my clients, right, where it's a denial of feeling Mm -hmm. right. And so they're having a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Yeah. But they will turn it around as if they're having an abnormal reaction. Right. To something. And so they will immediately go into denial. Yeah. Or like, I'm going to power through it. That's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Or I'm going to power through it. Or what, what are you talking about? Yeah. They just stepped on your foot. Oh, did they? I don't know. Mm. Didn't notice, but you're telling me about it, so you did notice, right? Right. So, so pushing aside your feelings, right? Third is convincing yourself that you are the issue, mm. right? The problem is with me, not with the other person, right? And again, this goes back to attachment, right? And a fear of a betrayal or abandonment. Shame, shame is the fuel for gaslighting. Totally. Right. And so if I'm the problem, then I don't have, I, if I quickly admit that, then this issue will go away. Mm -hmm. It must be me. Okay. So do you have any thoughts on that? No, I think these are all like, Are you? I think the thing
1: that's so interesting is like, as you're breaking these 10 things down. I see how they're all connected, but they are also their own ideas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they could stand alone and that could be like a whole session worth of stuff you just process right there. But there are 10 other ways in which we do it. That's like crazy to me.
0: Well, and one of the things that happens when you grow up in a family and you are, you have childhood trauma or you grow up in a family that has narcissism yeah. in it, that it teaches you to not trust your intuition. Right. And it changes how you perceive reality.
1: Well, I think you've also talked about how when you're raised in a family of trauma, where trauma is prevalent, that everything lumps together into like one universal experience, which is just like chaos. Yes. Right? And so the helpful thing about breaking these down into the 10 steps is that we're actually seeing 10 different concepts That like are stepping stones to release yourself from the self-gaslighting.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because it's easier to notice. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I just did that. Right. Right. When you have language for it. When you have language for it. Totally. Right. So the next one is you're just making it up. Yeah. Mm. I do this one a lot, especially coming out of my family system when I was younger. I, I use the phrase, I'm not crazy, right? I didn't just like imagine that happened. That like actually happened, right? Right. And I'm all, I was always needing to check myself. I'm not crazy. Well, and you
1: do that even with non emotional things. Like, I'm not crazy, right? That person was being weird. I'm not crazy, right? That was a strange thing that just happened. Yes. Yes. You do that all the time.
0: But having grown up in a gaslighting situation, right? I have had to learn to actually ask the question to check. Yeah. With another person, yeah. because my instinct is to assume that you're, but I just must have made that up right because they're denying it so it must be me that's crazy not them right when in reality now that i have the correct kinds of relationships in my life and you have your own identity and your own voice and freedom to check it totally right and it's shocking to me once you start having this list in front of you how much this happens are you shocked at how often
1: you ask i'm not crazy right and like you're actually not crazy. Like does it shock you when someone says, "No, yeah, that person was being weird."
0: It shocks me that it's become a part of my everyday yeah, interactions, right? Yeah.
1: Cuz I feel like you are pretty much never wrong. So I just didn't know if that was like a crazy thing for you to realize is that you I think like it's a actually sad are, thing. Yeah.
0: I think it's a sad thing because I lost my intuition growing up right because everybody was denying that you were right that I was right
1: so you've just reclaimed your intuition
0: well I, I think I reclaimed it a long time ago right. but I just haven't dropped the habit of verbalizing I'm not crazy right like that was weird right you know or yeah. that happened it's funny we have a friend that is on hospice right now yeah and this particular friend um has known me since I was 16 yeah Long time. I'm 52. Yeah. So long, long time. And she has been like a second mom to me in many, many ways. And I was sitting with her about two weeks ago and we were talking and she reached over and, and touched me. Yeah. And she said, Marianne, your story was real. Aw. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Because there's this weird thing like people will say to me, are you so sad she's going to go? But you said something to me after your best friend died. Yeah. You had listened to like an Instagram post or a a reel or a TikTok or something. And it was like a guy said, nobody talks to you about the grief of this person knew me at certain stages and that part of me is gone now.
1: Or like the identity. How did they say that? Do you remember? That's basically how it was said. Like nobody talks about the grief of the identity that that person had assigned you. Like for Maddie, when I was, I was Maddie's best friend, other than she had one other friend, but I was her best friend, but I was also her wild friend. And it was the first time in my life where someone had seen me as like creative and wild and like, you know, authentic and all these things. And she would talk about me in that way. And so when she passed, I lost that portion of like, I have a friend that I'm her wild friend.
0: Yeah. You know, that was hard. And that, and that that was a little bit different but kind of the same idea of parts of me parts of my story mm-hmm. have only been witnessed by a certain number of people. Yeah. And she is one of two yeah. people in my life that have known me from 16 on. Right. Um to in a very very intimate way. Yeah. And so for her to reach and tell me that I didn't, in essence, you didn't make it up, Marianne. It was yeah. real. It what happened. validation? I saw it. I witnessed it in real time. Yeah. It was incredibly validating. And that's why I think relationships can be so redeeming. Yeah. Because it is very easy when you grow up in a family where gaslighting is, is going on. Yeah. To quickly, like, just keep that going within yourself. Yeah. And then you start to wonder, did I just make this up? And so to have another person that witnesses your life. As a sounding board. Allows for you to go, I'm not crazy. Right. Right. Okay. So that's that one. So I already mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. Number five is that you struggle to trust your own gut. Yeah. Right. It just kind of goes together. Did I make it up? Am I struggling to? And then number six is, am I too sensitive? Yeah. We start to believe we're too sensitive, right? right? Because a lot of gaslighting can center around people poking fun at each yeah. other. Yep. And then you get your feelings hurt. And they're yep. like, oh, you're just being too sensitive. Right. Not, oh, gee, you're being rude. Right. You're actually hurting my feelings. Right? So I think sometimes what we do is we learn through other experiences in our lives to negate the fact that we are hurt. Yeah, right? Like, well, I'm just being overly sensitive., yeah. I just gotta move on. It's not that big of a deal. And then you circle back to some of these we've already mentioned, which is I'm overreacting. I have to minimize my feelings. Mm-hmm. I have to push my feelings aside. Maybe I maybe I got it wrong. I'm just making it up, which just perpetuates the, the cycle. cycle. yeah, the cycle. Okay, so number seven, we will overlook hurtful and harmful things. That others do to us. Yeah. Right? So again, yeah. you can start to see that this isn't like standalone things. It's like a domino effect begins right. to happen. It's wh- which domino causes the effect each time. But yeah. this idea of I'm less than. Yeah. And our sh- it's only because shame is at the basis mm-hmm. of so yeah, much silence of silences everything. Right, right. Okay, so then we will take more blame than necessary. Mm. Have you ever done this? Oh, We're like, okay, you know, I'm listen. Obviously, I've, it's my fault, and we just need to deal with this. Or yeah, I was trying to think. earlier. I do that at work sometimes just oh, to keep do? life easy.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, um, so I work in the medical field. I work specifically as an oncology social worker at a hospital. And sometimes I'll encounter patients where they have literally been sitting in their bed for six days with no one giving them any kind of medical update, Um, which is crazy to me to like be a patient. I would be so scared that I've been in the hospital six days and I don't actually know what's going on. And so I have to take the blame for people not actually having conversations with these patients. And they sit here for six days and I go in and I'm the first friendly face they've seen. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, what can I do to help him fix this? Like, just, I know I didn't do anything wrong, but like, I have to try and remedy the situation. And I, and I get screamed at sometimes and I'm like, I don't deserve this. But in order for, like, there to be peace in my world, (laughs) like, I just have to go through it.
0: And I know that, I know you'll agree with this, but the disclaimer of that is, you know, in most hospital situations, there are so many different people coming in and out of rooms. Yeah. That sometimes there is this assumption that happens that... Somebody already gave you the update. Right. Right. And then you go in to actually give the update. Right. And the person's like, nobody gave it to me. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Right. I I certainly have gone through periods of time where it's so uncomfortable to live in the like. Limbo. Yeah. The discomfort. Yeah. That I will literally just apologize just to get it back to go back to normal. Yeah. Like, I don't know what has to happen here, but, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm Seriously, like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. I'll just take the blame because yeah. I don't know who else, you know, nobody else seems to want to take the blame <laughs> here. <laughs> right? Right. Okay. So then number nine is assuming that everybody else's thoughts are valid. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah.
1: Why? You should said that. I feel like I'm so- passionate about that. What do you mean? Because I'm working on learning to, like, actually acknowledge when other people are crazy. Because I'll just, like, roll with the punches sometimes. Because I do feel like my people pleaser part comes out. Right. And I refuse to acknowledge that, like, maybe they actually have flawed thinking. Ah. Uh, like, maybe there's actually not anything that I did wrong. And I'm not actually a bad person. And I'm not actually... Like, I have a situation in life right now where certain like things are coming my way and I'm like why are those things coming my way like I don't understand why why that's even something I have to think about right but it's the other people that are crazy <laughs> right? and I need to like be okay with that and it frees me from like my anxiety and my anxiousness and like all of that stuff
0: Right. And, and it creates this space of I don't have to carry all the blame here. Right. It's a both and. Right. Like totally. <laughs> right. And, and and that is I've witnessed in therapy sometimes where people will come in and they'll tell a story and they're like, I screwed up. And they'll start to tell the story and they'll fill in all the color if right. you will, of it. And I'm like, actually you didn't screw up at all. Right. You did everything like,
1: right. And you can't you, help the outcome of the situation.
0: Exactly. Totally. Because they because the other party had their thing. Right. In it. And so yeah, there's yeah, that. Totally. So then the other thing that we can gaslight ourselves with is believing that we don't deserve care, love, or attention. Yeah. Um, for for something i had a client not too long ago that uh had gone through a surgery Mm. and their spouse had tickets to a ball game oh and they were home recovering and the spouse was like well i really have these great tickets to this ball game you know like do you care if i go Uh uh-huh and they're like no i'm fine Like denying that they needed the care, right, right, for the sake of their partners' happiness, any help or attention, right, in this situation, and then devastated because they felt abandoned on the backside, right. But they didn't advocate because they actually don't believe that they are more important than that ball game, right, right. And so when they they were sharing the story, I. I tend to be very wordy. Yeah. It's just a fault I have. That's okay. Or or a gift, whichever one you decide. Yeah. You provide Uh, a lot of language. Okay, now. No, you do.
1: That's like the positive spin is that you do give people a lot of words to choose from in order to describe their situations. That is true. Okay.
0: So this person's telling the story, and typically I will give, you know, a little bit of a narrative back, Mm -hmm. but I literally looked at him and I said, so what you're telling me is... You needing help recovering at home is less important than them having tickets to go see a ball game. Yeah. I just want to make sure I got that right. Right. And they were like, uh, uh, uh.
1: You right. Because when you say it thing. like that,
0: it's it's like it leaves an impact. Right. So then they kind of stop. Obviously, they're not speaking because they knew it was a rhetorical question. And then I looked at him and I said, I just need you to tell me how you feel when I say this. And they're like, okay. You know, you could see the look on their face. Okay. And I said, you are worth staying home for. Totally. And they just burst into tears. oh And they're like, he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. I, I don't, I have no... Feelings about him one way or another. Right. My feelings are only for you. Right. And that, that you, you can advocate. That you know that you are worth staying home for, even if you gave him permission to go. Right. You are so worth it. Right. Right. And Both can so be So I think gaslighting yeah. can get in your head and you can start to think that way. Totally. Right. And then I'll end on this one. This is like a honorable mention, but I Perfect. think it actually could be its own little show. Because I think this particularly applies to women. Yeah. Um, and we could get into all the cultural reasons why I think it is, but I'm not going to go there today. Okay. The honorable mention here is, is that we will often minimize our achievements. Oh, yeah. Right? And so we will just not build up anything that we do as a way to avoid the potential of appearing arrogant, pompous, what, you know, whatever word you want to, yeah approach there I that am could reading, be its own that could literally be its own season well I was t- so uh, you know I'm not promoting any one book here when I mention this okay sure. this, well I just you know- promoted
1: Merriam-Webster so
0: <laughs> yes everybody should have that. everybody should go read the dictionary but but I am reading this book right now that is really talking about the messaging of um that women receive around themselves and Pride in their accomplishments. Yeah. And this is really worth probably unpacking in an episode, this idea of that as women, we get these cultural messages that involve it's okay for men to be really front facing, Mm -hmm. forward facing, however you say that, with their achievements. Right. But a woman couldn't do the same. Right. Right. And so we will gas our gaslight ourselves by minimizing everything. Yeah. Right? Totally. So what was the point of me going to going to grad school if I can't tell people I went to grad school? Right. Right? Yeah. But I'm not supposed to.
1: Well, even like it goes as far as to minimize our bodies. Like forget our achievements. We're minimizing our like personalities. You can't be too loud. We minimize our bodies. You can't be too big. Like, I mean, every single thing about a woman culturally is supposed to be small. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. That's a
0: great way to sum that up. See, you're not nearly as wordy as me. That's okay. So, so that's today's episode. I, we, you know, we can unpack this more. Yeah. Um. So let's tell you how to do that. Sure. So we have all the socials. Yep. We've got Facebook. Well, we don't have Twitter or okay. X or whatever it is now. We don't have that.
1: Okay. That's We're on fair. social media. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram and Inst- Facebook only, actually.
0: <laughs> what? What? Are, those are the people big have, ones.
1: like TikTok and you oh, know. yeah,
0: I'm not. We're not on all that. Okay. So Facebook and Instagram, the renewal session. Yep. Right. And this is the place that you can send us direct messages. This is the place that you can get in touch with us about uh, um, a topic you would love for us to unpack Right. And, and we love getting those messages. So we invite you to interact with us on our social media and come back next week where we will sit down and have hopefully another thoughtful conversation, Katie. Yeah. Let's do it. Looking forward to it. Let's do it. All right, everybody, you take care. Have a great week. Bye.